0: doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking, while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of The Daily Scott Shepper. Today, I do not have a satirical sponsor about some product, which I somehow link to seminal fluid and blood. (laughs) Um... But, you know what? It reminds me that I shall look for such a product and a sponsor in my subliminal mind and by subconsciously and put in the background of my mind this week. So hopefully I can find something. And today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to jump right into it. It's episode 167 today and this is being recorded from little italy san diego on a monday at 3:24 p.m. and as soon as this podcast ends i'm going to be heading to my overpriced market in located in the intercontinental hotel which Of course, I get a local global discount because every single one of those people that work there know me, and we are actually quite good friends. They are good, solid people, a solid, family-owned, local business. And hell, I've learned that to support your local community and support your local business, even though they are probably making a killing hand over fist, in fact, I know they are doing doing very, very well, they are still run by a local family of absolute hustlers that just work and grind. And ladies and gentlemen, I support that. So I shall be heading over there right after this podcast ends, and then I will be heading over to my beautiful, wonderful office located in the tallest building of San Diego. And I learned that last night, actually, because after the 4th of July festivities, I decided upon a brilliant decision to drive my 717 horsepower green, sublime, beautiful Hellcat down to the market that I just mentioned and pick up a coconut water and maybe even a pack of beef jerky, so that I could then experience the symptoms that I outlined yesterday in my ad about Pepto-Bismol Cherry Edition. And unfortunately, I timed it <laughs> precisely at the perfect moment when every single other person in the in the world of San Diego was leaving the Fourth uh, of July firework celebrations and heading back to their abodes to sleep soundly in their three bedroom, two and a half bath suburban dream with a white picket fence. And I was stuck for about I don't know, 30 minutes in a maybe a f- 30 or 40 yard territory on the beautiful wondrous downtown midway district in san diego right near my office so i decided to divert and head over to my office and just park there and you know walk across the street pick up a nice crisp 7-eleven um coconut water and a quest bar of course and i of course bought uh, a toberlone chocolate bar for myself and i've decided i decided to buy it for the front worker who works at the front desk of the building. And I've become friendly with all the workers up front. This, this dude's name is Q. He's awesome. He's a 24-year-old uh, kid that works the night shift and works late. And so he often sees me. And I hooked him up and bought him pretty much the same. And we were kicking it. We were talking and he shared with me that he got to go to the very, very top of the building of one American plaza and look at the fireworks from there. And it is in that lesson that I learned that the building which I work in is the tallest building in San Diego, the whale's vagina. And it is quite fitting that the tallest building in san diego houses the man who drives a 717 horsepower hellcat and is subconsciously communicating that he has the shortest dong in san diego (laughs) so um wasn't planning on going there ladies and gentlemen because we're actually going to be going on a complete u-turn other direction you see This morning, and this is a good lesson for for copywriters, Uh, this morning I decided to try a new practice, and the practice that I tried this morning, and I'm still evolving it, it centers around the practice of reading uh, what I term uh, my philosophy, which is called dialectical monism. And I'm going to read what dialectical monism is for you, right from the old Wikipedia. So, dialectical monism is this. It's an ontological position. And ontological, and I didn't actually know this uh, at the beginning of this year until I started reading a ton of philosophy, ontological means the study of Of being, the study of that which is reality, the study of what is, the study of what is everything, essentially. And it comes from the Greek word ontos, O N T O S, which means being or that which is, okay? And logical, and that comes from logos in Greek, which means the study of. So it is the study of being, the study of that which is. So if you look at, you know, a certain word like beauty, it's like, well, what is beauty? Define beauty. And that's the ontological route and branch that philosophers go down of, well, how do we define beauty? Is beauty a concept that exists in the universe as is? Or is there beauty, and then there is, at a lower level, there is man's conception, the human conception of beauty, right? And then, A lower level than that, there's the symbols and objects which uh, we deem and perceive as something that is beauty, right? Like mountains or, um, you know, a beautiful woman, let's say, right? And then below that is another level, another little tranche, which is essentially the imitation or replication of beauty such as a painting of a mountain or a sculpture of a mountain and then we look at that you know that painting or that sculpture and we say oh that's beautiful and if you continue to abstract it you, you then you then have to trace it backwards and say okay well what is beauty actually does beauty exist outside the realm of the human mind and The concept that I've just outlined for you is a concept uh, that Plato outlined and surmised, and it is known today as the theory of forms. The theory of forms, okay? And if you've read Nassim Nicholas Taleb's book, The Black Swan, which, uh, to everyone's surprise, it is not related at all to the movie, he outlines term, a concept uh, called the Platonic fallacy or Platonism. And Platonism essentially means that when we think of math and we think of beauty, right, Plato believed that it exists in the universe whether or not the human mind exists, right? And Nassim Nicholas Taleb at least has made the point that thus far is that he does not believe in Platonism. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a debate that goes on with academics and, well, with, with those that like to think about things, quite frankly. Uh, you are not going to be held back in your life or your career because you do not know of this concept. However, it will allow you to think about things and see the world... A lot differently when, well, when you're pretty much doing anything. And today, I decided to continue and go down my practice of, well, carrying out dialectical monism, okay? So I'm going to continue now. Now that you know what ontological is, ontological is the science or the study of of being, right? Like, what is beauty? You know, that's like an ontological outline of, an, of, of a topic and little item that I just shared with you. What I just shared with you is an ontological position, okay? So, here's what dialectical monism is. Dialectical monism is an ontological position that holds that reality is ultimately a unified whole distinguishing itself from monism by asserting that this whole necessarily expresses itself in dualistic terms. So, I know this is a mouthful and you probably didn't realize that you are going to be listening to a philosophical and a light lesson in philosophy today, but we're going to tie it together in a second. Don't you worry, ladies and gentlemen. So, the main thing to take away is the dialectical monism philosophy is essentially that, unlike Nassim Nicholas Taleb's position, wherein, oh, there is no such thing as beauty, there's only man's conception of beauty, right? Dialectical monism, and Taleb would be considered a monist, and a lot of Well, you could say atheists or materialists view this. They just see that reality is that which you can see, right? There is no metaphysical higher realm, right? And metaphysical means beyond the physical realm. And metaphysical isn't a woo-woo term. And I keep saying this because gravity, for instance, is metaphysical. Math is metaphysical, Uh, photons are metaphysical, right? We cannot see them. They're not part of our physical reality, but we know that they exist. We've studied it. And even, even math, right? When we are calculating with precision where a black hole should be in the universe and it actually ends up working, it's a difficult position to assert that math is not real and is only a component and a figment of the human imagination. There are certain things that I find it hard to believe that if the human mind did not exist, then math would not exist. Indeed, I think that, well, math would exist, even if the human mind did not exist. So... Where I am going with all of this, <laughs> quite frankly, I'm not really sure, but where I was going with all of this is I didn't think it would take me that long to outline dialectical monism. But what I've integrated into my daily practice before I start work in, during the day is a lot of people, they, they have a, a spiritual practice or a spiritual balance of a way where in which they balance their lives out by, you know, either just knocking off their spiritual, you know, checklist to go to church once a week. I don't really like to do the weekly balance activities. I like to, if I'm going to balance, I like to make it a part of my daily process. And my daily process is something that is pretty much set in stone, but there are certain components that are evolving. And these components will help you a tremendous amount if... You are someone that wants a way to absolutely dominate, yet you hate the idea of constantly juggling in the back of your head or your mind of trying to figure out how to become a more balanced person, okay? I've created a and molded a daily process that, well, quite frankly, works for me, and I will be sharing it. In excruciating detail and simplifying it and making it very, very actionable in an upcoming letter of the daily, well, not daily, Scott, the Scott Shepper letter. My brain is not functioning today, ladies and gentlemen, for some reason. So yes, that's one thing. The second thing is this, is I also tried another thing today in my daily practice, and that is Instead of jumping into the, the podcast and recording it immediately after I, well, did my fitness and worked out, I decided to do it after I also did some reading and a lot of reading and writing, which I call the Zettelkasten. And so... That is one thing that I've done differently today. But, well, I don't think you really, quite frankly, care about that. Um, now, I was going to go into a lesson for copywriters. And when I started this episode, I thought I was going to spend a lot more time on this component. But I'm going to keep it brief, okay? So in my dialectical monistic practice let's say i practice the two polar spiritual i don't know, realms or reading and study of by first reading the theology or philosophy at one polar end of the spectrum which would be a western religion and for me uh, the one that i am uh, currently focused on and well exploring, -exploring, (laughs) re-exploring, as I was baptized in this and and grew up in this, is uh, Catholicism and reading the Bible. And then on the other end of the spectrum, which would be the Eastern spectrum, you have a whole slew of options, such as, um, you know, reading uh, Nietzschean philosophy, or um, take your pick of any Eastern philosophy, you know, Buddhism, uh, Dao Taoism, Hinduism—you name it. And currently, I'm reading a, uh, a. Well, it it doesn't matter for this part of the story, uh, but I will. I'll at least say it. I'm reading a Nietzschean book called *Thus Spoke Zarathustra*, which is really interesting. So, I read these two polar opposites at the exact same time to practice dialectical monism. And dialectical monism is essentially the idea of holding two opposing views in your mind at the same exact time and still being able to function. This idea comes from, um, well, I think I first heard this concept from F. Scott Fitzgerald. He is quoted as saying, a sign of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two ideas that are completely opposed in your mind at the exact same time and still be able to function. And so, ladies and gentlemen, and well, my dear friend and listener, I'd like to introduce this idea to you, and I'd like you to try it out in some type of practice. It could be work. It could be whatever, right? The goal is to take whatever you are reading or studying, right? And it's important to know that this is not for pleasure reading books. This is for an area of study, right? And then simultaneously, so after you spend, let's say, 30 minutes or an hour reading one book, you do it back to back with 30 minutes or an hour of reading the direct opposite polar book. And it's a very interesting practice, and it will likely increase your intelligence. And so, ladies and gentlemen, with that, I think I'm going to end today's episode. And, well, I will see you tomorrow. And, as always, I must remind you and advise you to never forget the most important lesson, which is to always remember to stay crispy, my friends. Scott Shepard signing off Monday at 3.43 p.m. Bye-bye now. Hey, real quick. This podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me, Sir Scott of Shepard. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do. All right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love, writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes